Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special episode of Solemn On Air in honor of Veterans Day. My name is Chris Springer, and I am a senior director, client partner in the St. Louis market. I'm also a military veteran, having served in the Army for 25 years and retired as a lieutenant colonel from active duty. I served with many great leaders at the time, and I'm proud to say that we have one of them here today as our special guest. I'm also joined today by Carl Mayhew, who is a military employee readiness group executive sponsor and general manager of the LA market. Carl served active duty and reserved in the Army from 1987 to 1994. He served in Desert Storm, went to Air Assault School as a non-commissioned officer, and attended Officer Candidate School to become an officer, eventually earning the rank of captain. What's even more impressive, in my opinion, is that Carl gained citizenship in 1998 after having served in the military for seven years. Carl, it's great to have you here today, and you're an inspiration to us all. Thank you for that warm introduction, Chris, and I'm so honored to be here today as well. Thank you. Today's fireside chat is with Sergeant Major of the Army, Michael Tony Grinston. He has served in the Army for 35 years and has been serving as a leader in large organizations for over 25 years. And by large, think of battalions, 500, brigades, 2,000, divisions, 15,000, et cetera. It would take over three hours to go over his many accomplishments, but suffice to say, achieving the rank of Sergeant Major of the Army speaks for itself. It is statistically the most difficult rank to achieve in the entire military. I did the math. He is a senior enlisted advisor for an Army that has over 1 million soldiers in uniform and $170 billion annual operating budget. So, Sergeant Major Grinson, I would love to hear your thoughts on the following questions and feel free to you know, take any ones you want. Uh, first, how do you encourage honest, open dialogue within your team? Second, how do you build and empower small teams to take on and solve complex problems? Three, since you've been leading longer than many of your soldiers have been alive, how do you connect and lead diverse teams and close that generational divide? And finally, what advice would you give Private Grinston in 1987? Well, Chris, um, uh, thank you for all those questions. I kind of look at it from a perspective of policy versus leadership. A lot of times when we have a complex problem, we like in the military and other places like to write a policy on something. They'll say, hey, we want this in our policy. And that could be any corporation. It could be the military. But what I find with really hard, difficult, complex problems, the best is to have some kind of policy, but to apply leadership. And I think it's where most companies and most people fail, even in the military, is we believe that I wrote the policy, therefore everybody's doing it. I wrote this thing. It's a reg. It's it's right there. Our values are on the board. Our mission statement is on the board. Okay, that's wonderful, but you didn't apply the leadership. And that's how you get through a complex problem. It's not always what's written on a wall, your values. It's the leadership that you have. Are you demonstrating those values every day? When someone steps outside those bounds on a complex problem, are you making those corrections? Are you looking at the, the problem on a routine basis, especially the complex ones? So a lot of times we like to go after the response in a complex problem because we love response. You can, you can measure it. You can taste it and feel the response of complex problems. Um, you know, the engine blew. Okay, I knew the engine blew. I need to buy a new engine. 
Well, that's response. The engine blew up. You responded by buying a new engine, but you never actually went and figured out why did the engine blow up? It takes more time. You may have to take the whole engine apart and then you, gotta, you know, figure out all these little things. And then you go, oh, it's this piston. If I just fix this $1 piston, I wouldn't have to have bought a new engine, but I bought the new engine because I feel good because I can measure I bought a new engine. Therefore, I got one. The leader has to take apart the engine and then it's got to ask a whole bunch of questions like, well, that worked, but that wasn't working in this. And then then you may have to put it all back together and then figure out, did it work? And then you got to do that again. And that's what I mean when I say apply leadership with complex problems. I think if more people did that, uh, we'd be a lot better. But like I said, uh, normally we go for a response. Um, now, the third um, is connect to diverse teams. When you have a more diverse team, a company actually is more profitable. And because we don't always look at the problem the same way. And if you have a not diverse team, you will look at a problem all the same way and you'll continue to operate that way. And if you something fails, you just keep failing all the same way because nobody can look at the problem any differently. So how do you connect with those teams? And what I found is the best way to connect to those diverse teams is something so simple. Connecting to a team really doesn't take any more effort than go to lunch and take about 30 minutes and ask them one simple question. How did you grow up? Don't tell me about, you know, I, and when I do it, I said, don't tell me about the army and joining the army. I said, I want to know, how did you grow up? It's very open-ended. It's very, you know, wide open. And you can answer that anyway. Um, I've found uh, connecting to a team when you ask that question is incredible. And I've had people in tears just telling me nobody's ever asked me that question. And then when I did that, you immediately get this connection in a team that you would never have gotten if you never talked to them about where they come from, where you, how, you know, do you have both parents, you were raised by a single mom, were you this, was it hard? Was it great? Did, you know, so I, I think when you have a diverse team and you want to connect with them, take 30 minutes or two hours, it depends on, uh, you know, how emotions that gets. Um, I, I do this repeatedly in my office, in my office. And I think if you want to connect to a diverse group, don't assume what that other person grew up like, what it was like to be them. Um, you know, I don't want sympathy. I just want you to listen. Um, and then you understand the individual. Well, th thank you. I appreciate that, Tony. And, and Carl, I, I want to hand it over to you now. Well, thank you, Chris. Sergeant Major, such an honor to be here today with you. One of the pivot in the conversation towards transitioning service members, you know, as you know, for many veterans, finding a job after leaving the military is probably the most important transitions in their civilian life. When you think about what advice would you give transitioning service members um, and also, you know, civilian organizations like ourselves that consider them for future positions, a lot of times they're either viewed or they're treated as entry level. Uh, from that perspective, and and many organizations, civilian organizations, struggle how to basically translate that experience. So, love your perspective on that. Carl, thanks for that one. This is a really good one, and a lot of my advice is actually would be to the service members: yeah. is uh, you're wonderful people, and sometimes people don't know it. <laughs> so, that's number one. And number two is, I would say, 
uh, be humble and use a little humility. Uh, for you all, I would say uh, give your soldiers a chance and don't necessarily think uh, those things um, that most people, those uh, perceptions of, you know, the person I get has PTSD, they're going to be broken or something, you know, I'm like, okay, well, no, there's a million people in the army <laughs> so, and they're really good. Um, so take a chance um, on, on hiring them and then give them that opportunity uh, to excel quickly and be honest with that. So if you, and, and I would say that, I would ask, if you have a veteran say, hey, we're, we would like to hire you, it's gonna be an entry level job, but uh, we're gonna see if you can progress faster because we think you have that opportunity. And then I, I don't necessarily say, yeah, they should you know shoot for the moon. Um, I, I would just say, be realistic. I, I wouldn't ask you to come to the army and. And all of a sudden, the first day, you, I want you to be the Sergeant Major of the Army. That would be insane. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, we aren't going to do that. <laughs> so you may be real fast. You know, Sergeant Major Daly, the guy before me, was the fastest uh, to the Sergeant Major of the Army in the history of the Army uh, in 24 years. So he's incredible. I didn't do it that fast. I'm really impressed by that. Um, and we shouldn't expect that in any company either. That was an amazing answer. Thank you, Sergeant Major. And I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm honored that uh, you spent some time with us. Yeah, no, thanks, Carl. And uh, Sergeant Major Grinston, I can't thank you enough um, for being here today. Yeah, Chris, uh, Carl, and to everybody on the call, I really appreciate it. For those that get a chance to, to honor Veterans Day, uh, you know, I, I kind of just closed very quickly with it's actually a very good story is the other day, um, about a month ago, I was standing outside and a guy walked by me and he just said, thank you for your service. And I, I think I said something or you're welcome. And then he walked back and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, I've heard that it kind of offends you. You know, what do you think about that? And nobody's ever asked me that ever. And I, I looked at him in the eye and I thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, we just don't know what to say. <laughs> um, do you say thank you? Do you say something else? Yeah. And I looked him in the eye and I said, um, you know what? You're worth it. So my service is worth everything that you get a chance to do. Normally I would say um, all the combat, 35 years and all the time away from my families that uh, the American people and uh, that, so that person walking down the street was worth all the sacrifices and time. You just gotta earn it every day. To all you veterans and uh, those that aren't um, from all the military, we think you're worth it and we appreciate it. So thank you. That's a great oh, Thank you. Great way to end the Thank you, Sergeant Major. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Slalom on Air. Tune in to hear more by following us on your preferred podcast listening app. New stories will be coming regularly. And if you're interested in joining Slalom, check us out at slalom.com slash careers. <laughs>